Welcome to the Man Catholic Podcast. My name is Steve Priest. I'm Thomas Wirtz. And I'm Brock Martin. Today we're talking about why being a husband is so hard. This topic was brought to us from Father Brian out in Lincoln, Nebraska. Thank you, Father, for emailing us with this topic idea. We're excited to get into it today. Yeah, we're excited to get into it. This is, guys, if you're not married, if you're married, this is a great topic. Many of you will eventually be married. Wanted to start talking about a saint who was married. He's yeah. not anymore because he's in heaven. But St. Louis Martin, who was the father of St. Therese of Lisieux, one of the greatest saints of modern time. And St. Louis, he I named our youngest son, my wife and I, after him because he was such an inspirational story. He wanted to go to the seminary. He went to the seminary, but he couldn't cut it academically. And he eventually found his wife, Zelie. And what's the right pronunciation? Azalee would be the French. The French. And they initially, as they entered into marriage, they decided they wanted to be what's called a Josephite marriage, where they actually never came together physically to have children reproduced. They never consummated. And they call it that because of Joseph Because of Joseph never physically consummating with Our Lady. She was ever virgin. And eventually, through some spiritual direction and, and guidance, they decided, no, okay, we should have kids. And we're really glad that they did, because... All of their daughters were nuns and probably all saints, although at least St. Therese, again, is canonized. And I believe, doesn't she have another sister that's yep. the process yep. is, is yep. there? So yep. so thank you, St. Louis and Zelie will go American style for actually having children. He was not only an amazing father, as we can see with his children, but he was an amazing husband. And he cared for his wife and he supported her. She had a tremendous lace-making lace making business he had his own business that he eventually surrendered to help his wife's business. So I guess she was a better businessman than he was. But St. Louis, he struggled in life in a lot of different ways, eventually with some mental illness that took him to an, basically an insane asylum, a mental hospital back then. And he spent some of his time there being cared for by the nuns and being an apostle to those in the mental asylum. And as he came out, beautiful story of just dying with one of his daughters on his deathbed and the way that he loved his children, the way that he loved his wife. But I I wanted to mention him because of the fact that um, he learned along the way, what does it mean to be a husband, right? They enter in, again, they enter into marriage, not wanting to have children, eventually changing, having children. They have their own businesses. He changes, he adjusts. But I mostly want to mention him because he was a married man and being married is hard. Mm -hmm. And he did it and he and his wife both got to heaven and so did their children. What a better person to bring into the conversation to ask for help than St. Louis Martin. Because being married is hard and we want to talk about that. Again, for some of you guys that maybe you're dating, a lot of this will directly apply right now. And then if you do obviously get married, why is being married so hard? Why is it hard to be a husband? Well, it's, it's a fun topic because it's not often thought about, mm-hmm. right? So right now, if you're dating a girl or single, you're thinking, yeah, someday maybe. If you're engaged, you're actually starting to plan the big day. You're looking at your wedding. If you're married, I, you can think back to your wedding. So I, I actually want to invite everyone listening right now. Let, let's go ahead and either think back to our wedding day or think about our future potential wedding day. And as you're thinking about it, you'll see a lot of friends and family there and you'll see a church and maybe you're thinking about the reception and everyone's smiling, everyone's happy, everyone's having a great time. And you nor anyone else in the history of weddings have thought on their wedding day, you know, I'm probably going to get a divorce because this is going to be hard. No one thinks that. Everyone thinks this is the best day of my life. Mm -hmm. This is amazing. 
I get to marry my best friend. I finally get to have sex with this woman. What, you know, we're thinking about all these like exciting, happy things. My marriage, my family is going to be incredible. Yeah. Yeah. No one's thinking, hey, I'm actually joining myself to the cross here. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what we want to get into today is why is being married so hard? Why is being a husband hard? And I think sometimes we think, you know, once I get married, everything will be great. Yes. Once I get married, I won't have to leave my girlfriend's house at night and go home and deal with all that. Once I get married, we'll be able to go all the way. And then stopping won't be so hard. Once I get married, I won't have to look at porn anymore. Once I get married, yeah. I won't have to masturbate anymore, you know, because I'll have my wife there to please me. Right. right. So many guys, we, we think marriage is the solution to all of our struggles. And a line I heard when I was, I think, engaged was, and I, I don't remember it exactly, it was something along the lines of, if you cheat outside of marriage, you're going to cheat inside of marriage. Meaning, if you are having sex before marriage, you're going to have sex outside of your marriage. If you're looking at porn before you get married, you're going to look at porn inside mm. of your marriage. Like just, just because you have this celebration, this sacrament, this wonderful day, doesn't mean your struggles go away. Mm-hmm. And that's where we want to go today. No, I love that, Steve and Thomas. This topic, I think, yeah, it's been mentioned. You may not be married and you may have the temptation to think that this isn't for me, but I would even say, even if you're called to the priesthood, some of the principles that we're going to start yes. here yep. apply, apply to every man. Yep. Um, but I would love to start with what I would argue is one of the most foundational principles in the moral life. And it comes from uh, the document Gaudium et Spes, which which the church put together during the Second Vatican Council. And in the 24th paragraph there, the authors tell us that man, who is the only cre- creature on earth which God willed for itself, cannot find himself except through a sincere gift of himself. So I'm going to say that again. That man, who is the only creature on earth which God willed for itself, cannot fully find himself except through a sincere gift of himself. So I want to unpack this just a little bit because I think this will help tee up why being being married is so hard. Yeah, because most guys just think, you got to marry me. That's my, like, yeah. I'm a gift to you. Exactly. But that's not what that means. No, no, totally. So the, the fact of the matter is that, that God willed us for our own sake. And I think that's really important. You know, if you do any sort of research on what John Paul II taught in Love and Responsibility, uh, if you want a, a more digestible resource for that, I really want to recommend Dr. Shree's Man, Woman, and the Mystery of Love. Mm-hmm. Very easy to read to get the principles from what JP2 was talking about in the, the larger work of love and responsibility. But the fact of the matter is human beings cannot be a means to an end because God didn't create us as a means. We are an end in and of ourselves. The relationship, the love that God has for us cannot be used as a means to an end. That gets tricky when you start interpersonal relationships, people living with each other. Because of the fall, we are selfish. We are inclined to always look out for our desires, our, you know, safeguard, keep us away from harm, and also our so own true. benefits. Yeah. But here's the the even more unique reality is that we can't even find ourselves without making a sincere gift mm. of ourselves. And a sincere gift of yourself hurts. It involves a, a death to some sort of desire or pleasure or or attraction here on earth for the sake of someone else. I'm making a gift of myself to my wife, to my children. And sometimes that feels really good. Obviously, you know, in the bedroom, when, when my wife and I are coming together, that moment of making a sincere gift of myself feels awesome. It doesn't feel as awesome but, at three o'clock in the morning when one of my daughters is throwing up and, yes. or needs a diaper change. Mm-hmm. But the, the reality is that it's in those moments, in the reality that I'm called to make a gift of myself, that's where I truly find myself. 
so it's beautiful, but I think that's actually the reason why marriage is so hard. Brock, you're exactly right. If we think about, well, what was Christ's greatest gift to us? It was dying on the cross, right? His crucifixion. And then, of course, his resurrection, but he had to be crucified first. And when we look at a crucifix, if we're just going to be blunt here, Protestants removed the corpus from the cross because of its brutality, because they didn't want to look at the, the brutality of that. But I think they're they're completely missing the point because it is in that brutality when we look up at the cross that we see the sincere gift of oneself that by doing that he is saying and looking at gazing at each one of us saying this is how much I love you that I'm willing to do this it is his way of getting up at three in the morning uh, when his daughter's puking but it's also his way of being intimate with us it, it is the perfect union the perfect combination of this sincere gift of oneself through a full sacrifice of oneself I think yeah we were thanks thanks Steve for that visual because I was wrestling in my mind of what does that mean to find oneself and I think it's that idea of because we were made to love and be loved and as we make a gift of ourselves we find ourselves in the sense meaning that we we love, which is what we were made to do. And so the fullness of why we exist, of what we were made to be on this earth for is found in that moment. And so mm-hmm. like the whole question of why am I here? Why do I do this? It's answered as we give of ourselves because we love. That's what it means to give of ourselves. So, yeah. so at our uh, Ali and I's wedding day, one of the things we did during the ceremony was you hold a cross and the priest joins his hands to your hands that are holding the cross. And in our wedding, he said, you know what, what God binds, no man can separate. But it was a reminder that to the cross is where we are going for one another, that in marriage. So as we're bringing this back to marriage, when we get married, that's what we're doing. And a lot of couples will actually choose readings that reflect that. Mm-hmm. Um, readings about going to the cross, about sacrifice, about dying for the other, because that is truly what it is. It's a happy day. Don't get me wrong. It's exciting. There's so many great things that come with it, but it is it is truly beginning that walk of Calvary to Calvary as a perfect union of spouses is what you're doing. You are saying, okay, from this moment moment on, we are on the path to holiness, to sanctity, to our Calvary. Yeah, I didn't get mar- I didn't get married till I was 33, so I always joke that. As Christ died when he was 33, so did I. They entered into marriage, but more like I made my wife I, I suffer. I bet Kate doesn't like that. <laughs> I think she humors me on it. There, one, uh, one other commentary on just marriage in general, I think, is Steve, you mentioned that the purity challenge doesn't go away. Yep. And I think that Hollywood has made marriage, well, <laughs> at least it had, made marriage like this is this amazing, super fun, like, like a, the honeymoon experience mm-hmm. forever. That fuzzy feeling. Mm-hmm. And I just, guys, that fuzzy feeling might be there for a little bit, but it probably isn't going to last. Because love love isn't always a fuzzy feeling. Waking mm-hmm. up at three in the morning for your child's needs, you don't feel fuzzy, right? It just doesn't feel awesome. But love isn't supposed to feel awesome. Love is that choice. Mm-hmm. And so when you enter into marriage, guys, don't expect that it's just going to feel awesome all the time, right? It's because love is the cross. Thank you, yep. Steve, again, for mentioning that, Brock, that idea of giving of self. Mm-hmm. So so guys, as you're, especially Brock, you mentioned for guys that aren't married, if you're not there yet, if you're dating and you just have that fuzzy feeling, you're really excited, just know that the fuzzy feeling will go away. And I think when guys 
have that experience where they don't have that fuzzy feeling anymore. Some of the real challenges and temptations get real, right? Infidelity, like, Mm -hmm. like all of that stuff starts to come even in the small ways, the small, the small things that we can do as men that can lead us down a really bad, dangerous path Mm -hmm. when it comes to being a good husband. Yeah. I've got a, a good friend who this happened to where, um, out of nowhere, saw him recently and, and he said, yeah, I'm getting a divorce. And I said, gosh, what happened? And he said, well, I've been having an affair uh, for a while. And as we talked through it, walked through it, he said it just started with first this this feeling of the lack of fuzziness in marriage that, mar- in his words, we're just not in love anymore. And we've probably heard that, mm-hmm. you know, and Hollywood has said that in movies. I just don't love you anymore. I, I'm, we're just not in love. I love you, but we're not in love. And that led to flirtation, to sexual infidelity, to l- uh, living a double life for a number of years to the point where he has now convinced himself that it is better for him and his family if he gets a divorce and, and goes and pursues a relationship with this other girl. And now he's atheist. And so he told me, he's like, Steve, I'm atheist. Uh, I believe I've got one shot at life, at happiness, and I'm taking it. This is it. And I think what breaks my heart at the end of the day, I can judge his actions and, and the decisions he made, but I can't judge his temptations because I have a, those same temptations I think we all do in our hearts because of the fall, but it's how we respond to those. What breaks my heart is at the end of the day, I said, look, I believe in a God who has endless mercy and he knows you and he loves you and he wants to have mercy on you, but you've got to turn to him and you've got to turn to your wife and repent. And he said, Steve, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in any of that. And he's not willing to repent. And this just reminds me of Judas and St. Peter, that they were both apostles. They were both with Christ for so many of his miracles. They were there for the Sermon on the Mount. They were there for the Last Supper. They were there through it all. And they both denied our Lord. They both sinned. They both fell. But the difference is that Peter repented and came back to the Lord and Judas did not. Judas lost hope and he went and hung himself in a tree. And I feel like that's what my friend is doing. He's not, he's afraid of repenting. I don't know if he's convinced himself that he's not worthy of forgiveness. I don't know if he's convinced himself that his wife won't forgive him. I don't know why he's not turning back. And I don't think he knows why either. I think he's changing his mind that it's a more of a pursuit of happiness than avoidance of repentance. But for all the men right now, wherever you are in this series of events, if you find yourself losing that fuzzy feeling, if you find yourself being drawn towards the attention of another woman, if you find yourself in situations where you are um, being entertained and, and, um, falsely loved by another woman if you find yourself in infidelity you can always turn around and return to the lord and return to your wife and i just want to invite you to do that don't think that all hope is gone amen no that's so good yeah i think in terms of this making a gift of yourself there's two temptations right there's there's an excess and a defect just like every virtue i was trying to think of what virtue if there was a name for a virtue like this i don't think husbandry that's my age of empire's memory that's horses i think so we'll, we'll work on what the actual name of the virtue is but the the mean here of making a gift of yourself and sacrificing versus those warm and fuzzy feelings and 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 how god wants to bring those heightened and good emotions but but have them be ordered at the same time there's two temptations here the first is to think that those warm and fuzzy feelings are it and this is kind mm-hmm. of the situation that your friend steve is in right mm-hmm. he's chasing i'm not in love anymore i don't i don't have those feelings and that's clearly uh, that's clearly in error 
But there's also the other side of thinking that the warm and fuzzy feelings are bad. I've talked to, to many very devout Christians who think that, mm. you know, sex shouldn't be pleasurable or I shouldn't be pursuing these warm and fuzzy feelings. It's all about love as a choice. I need to die to myself and make a gift mm. of myself to my wife. And again, you're missing something there. The Lord does want you to to be ready to step into the breach if called, but mm-hmm. he does want you to be in a happy, fulfilling marriage. He wants you and your wife to communicate, to be, to have a tangible experience of heart speaking to heart, of pursuing things together, of, of pursuing sanctity together. Mm-hmm. And so that's the, that's the mean that we have to find. The fuzzy feelings, the warm and fuzzies are not the end that we are pursuing here. We mm-hmm. are pursuing our spouse as an end in and of herself. But at the same time, we should be pursuing her romantically. We should we should romance our wives. We should, as much as we can, fight to have those warm and fuzzy feelings, mm-hmm. especially for our spouse. But recognizing that that's actually not that's not what the end is. The yeah. end is the two of us coming together in this sacrament of matrimony, trying to become saints. Yeah. It's a both and, not an either or. Right. And culture tells us all the time it's black or white. It's either or. And I, as Catholics, we are really good at finding the both and at finding that perfect, beautiful balance that the Lord has created in so many aspects of life, but in this one specifically. That yes, we are there to pursue the warm, fuzzy feelings, and they will go away, but that doesn't mean we never pursue them again. We should keep fighting for those, pursue those moments, but in the meantime, also know that you're putting yourself up on the cross. So it's never, I'm either putting myself up on the cross or I'm pursuing these warm, fuzzy feelings. It's actually that beautiful union of both. And I think Mother Teresa said this, which I think gets to the point you two are making. She said, love until it hurts and keep loving and you have only love, no more hurt. Mm-hmm. And that idea that as we give of ourselves, as we seek to to fight through, my gosh, we lost those fuzzy feelings. Emotional aspects, whether it's the fuzzy feeling or some something else, will come. The uh, another thing is just uh, reference. Why is being a husband hard? Sometimes we come in with past wounds, and for these guys mm-hmm. that are new into marriage, if it's if it's the purity stuff, right? That then we might come in seeing our wife more as that object. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And we just did a podcast on purity. I go, go back and listen to that if you haven't yet. It might be that we just never had a really good relationship with a woman before, or maybe even a, a, mm-hmm. a, a brother. And so we just aren't communicating well. Whatever it is, like the stuff in our past is going to come into our marriage. And that's, I want to talk when we get into the practicals about some suggestions on how to do that. But just to be aware of that is, I think, so important for us as men, knowing that there's going to be, again, those past issues will come up in marriage. So if you're not married yet, seek every opportunity you can to be formed to work through those things. Mm-hmm. If you are married, that's fine. Let's just find ways to kind of work through those now. All right, Thomas, you want to jump into some of the do's and don'ts of husbanding as Catholics here? On the on the do's, one idea that I've done a little bit and I want to do more of, so I'm going to mention this, is guys, like each morning as you roll over and see your wife lying next to you, this is only for the married guys, obviously, <laughs> um, express to God in your heart just gratitude that, wow, she's still here. <laughs> she didn't leave me. I'm still married and just express that gratitude for the Lord. And that's one of those things that will bring some fuzzy feeling back, right? Like this idea, as we express gratitude to the Lord in our heart every day and to her, we'll begin to feel differently about her. And I think that's a big piece of it. On the don't side, I'll just let me juxtapose on a don't. Don't seek a fuzzy feeling, as Steve kind of already referenced, around other women. For example, if you text a colleague that's a female, don't text her alone. 
text her in some kind of a group setting, a group chat or something. Avoid that individual interaction because that eventually will lead to possibly a one-on-one lunch, which might lead to a one-on-one drink, which might lead to something worse. Mm -hmm. And if you guys remember, Mike Pence, our former vice president, got a lot of slack when he became vice president because he had a practice of never having lunch one-on-one with with any female colleagues. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, you know, that might sound extreme, but there's something really brilliant about that. One thing that I was thinking through on a, on a practical to-do would be to just seek to care for our wives' emotional needs and to be attentive to her physical needs, particularly within intimacy. I think mm-hmm. if you are anything like me, you might have the experience when you get married of maybe being a little overwhelmed by the depth of emotion that our wives feel, right? That, that they experience things more deeply, that their fears are more intense, their excitements are more intense, their joys are more intense. And I remember stepping in just kind of being like, wow, I, this is this is new to me. I got to get used Women to this. Women are very different. Yeah. And uh, so I think, but we as men should really view this as a challenge that, that it is on us with the help of God's grace to learn what our wives need from us emotionally, to learn, you know, what are the conversations I need to be having? What are the things I need to be inviting you into? What are the decisions that I need to discuss with you to really help you feel and, and see that we are teammates in this journey in life? And then I would just add, especially in, in, with regards to sexual intimacy, guys, most of us have had our understanding of sexuality tainted by pornography mm-hmm. and have even experienced great pleasure and intense moments of pleasure in, in struggling with that. And as Thomas mentioned, we're, we're bringing all of this stuff in. So we need to be constantly returning to the Lord, asking for him to heal and to forgive. Uh, but in intimacy with our wives, JP2 gets really practical with this in love and responsibility. We should be taking care of our wives' physical needs. We should care more about her orgasm and her pleasure than we do our own. And we need to be making sure that in those moments of sexual intimacy, that it is not just, hey, this is the moment I get to feel pleasure. Mm-hmm. No, this is the moment I get to give myself in in the most full way to my wife. And I'm going to make her the priority and focus on her first. Meaning don't make it actually literally a moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guilty as charged. <laughs> Crockpot, not a microwave. Right. Yeah, charcoal grill, not a gas grill. <laughs> and, uh, and my wife, my wife has told me too that our our sexual intimacy does not begin when the kids go to bed and stuff starts with us. It, it begins, begins at breakfast. It begins at breakfast. Yes. Am I am I taking care so of the needs of our kids? Sex? Uh, sometimes. Uh, am I am I cleaning up? Am I taking an Got active it. role Got in the it. responsibilities yep. of the of the home and and really connecting to yep. the things that she's seeing as a need? And and physical touch is the same thing. Like so often guys see their wives in the mornings, Brock, and and they want to go grab them and touch them because we are we're physical beings as men. But the touch that our wives want is a gentle caress on the lower back as we walk by yep, to say, hey, I'm here and I love you. Mm-hmm. I'm guarding you. I'm protecting you or rubbing the shoulders. Um, I've got a practical do um, just like we do in our professional life in athletics. We find someone to look up to. We find someone to teach us, to instruct us, yes. to help us along the way. Find a mentor couple as you approach marriage or if you're in marriage. And if you think, gosh, Steve, I've been married for 20 years great. Today's the day. Go find a mentor couple who's been married for 30 years. Mm -hmm. If you're engaged, find someone who's been married 10 years out and someone that you really know, love, trust, and respect that you can follow in their way that they're going to be real to you and you're going to be real to them. A practical don't is don't forget that she is very different than your guy friends. 
right? So my guy friends, if they make a good play in men's league softball, I'll slap them on the butt. If my wife makes a good dinner, don't go slap her on the butt, right? That's not how she gets affirmation. Mm-hmm. Don't think that she's a guy friend. Hey, babe, you want to go uh, open some beers and watch football, watch golf? Maybe she will, and that's awesome. Celebrate that. But know that she's different. Know mm-hmm. that her quality time probably looks different than your guy's quality time, right? Yes. I can go sit down with either one of you, Brock or Thomas, and watch golf at a bar, looking up at the TV, and never look at you. Yep, and, and it would be awesome. And I would yeah, enjoy I would every that second of that. <laughs> Don't do that with your wife. Know her love language. Um, and know what makes her tick and get to know her differently than you would your guys. Can I just do one comment to build on Steve? You had talked about that kind of don't be afraid to kind of repent. And if you're really in a really, really difficult marriage right now, there's hope. And there are some resources out there. There's a retreat called, I believe it's Retrovi, which I think has a French spelling, so I won't spell it. Hopefully it'll be in the notes. Um, the Alexanders, what's it called? The Alexanders. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Do they have some a resources. great story too. They do have mm-hmm. a great story. Yeah, real intense. So there's lots of different resources out there. Um, if you think you need the marriage counseling can be helpful. So don't give up, mm-hmm. come back to the Lord, come back, ask for forgiveness. Like, you know, we don't, we don't have to keep the 50% of marriages end in divorce trend going. Like right. let's reverse lesson. Yep. Let's end that. Let's flip it back. And I think too, if you are sensing that this is an area that does need some attention for you, I, I think it's really helpful for me to hear our lady's words at Fatima when she, when she's mm-hmm. talking to sister Lucia talking about how there's a very intense battle over marriage and family coming. And all you got to mm-hmm. do is turn on the news and you can see that we are in an intense battle for marriage. Turn and on family. a television show. I mean, my goodness, oh, yeah. television shows and movies are just destroying marriage. Yep. But my, my point there is for us to recognize that us engaging in this and trying to be better husbands yeah, is us. Battle. This yeah. is us playing our role in a very cosmic battle that is happening all yep. over the world. And our role, our specific job as a, you know, in, in the Lord's military or whatever is to go love my wife to to try to make a sincere gift of myself to my wife and my kids and to recognize that the the warm and fuzzy feelings that happen sometimes when I do that are really good but that's not the end and there are going to be moments that the lord is going to ask me to make a gift of myself yep. when I don't get those feelings back. Yeah, we're being called into battle. We're being called to be a saint. We're being called to make our wives and our children saints. And being a husband is hard, but guys, it's so worth it. Thanks so much for being with us today. That's the Man Catholic Podcast. We'll catch you next time. God bless. <laughs>